Why, hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, Josie. Welcome back <laughs> to Hi, Short Quest Long Rest Icewind Dale. You didn't see it, but I did a, I did a, like a finger snap point. It was pretty sweet. We should do our uh, our our movie voices, like our our game show host voices tonight. Doesn't this sound good? We should talk. Do about I this. do I have one of those? I don't know. Tell me. Give it to me. Let's show. Let's let's hear your game show voice, Josie. In a world where there are monsters and men and dungeons to delve, five intrepid adventurers joined by a dragon. Rawr. Do some shit. I do. love it. That was pretty good. <laughs> Rar. Rar. See, I would have gone with like the classic. In a world. In a world. In a world. One man. Two Bob, donuts. Bobby Newport. Sorry. It's <laughs> Parks and Recs reference. Yep. Anyway. They were dancing in the moonlight. Top loader. Good song. Uh, it's actually King's Harvest, but that's top, okay. I mean, Top Loader's the better version, but sure. No, it's not. Yep, no, sure. it's fucking not. Yep, it is. It's a good version. It is not the better version. Not No way the original. The original's way better. Nope. <laughs> anyway. Yep. <laughs> let me let me Just steer our t- right in it. Our attention back to the game. <laughs> Mine has king. Fuck off. <laughs> Damn it. He's right. <laughs> All right. Oh Sorry, Josie. You're all, fine. Take control. Yes. Okay. So the last couple sessions, you found yourself out on the uh, on the open ocean, the sea of moving ice. You found your way to Arl's island out there and scaled the Grim Scala, the former frost giant fortress that she had claimed as her own. After a brief skirmish in which you defeated Arl, question mark, really easily, not put up much of a much of a resistance there in her lair of all places. I am super strong. I know. Yeah, I'm very much applauding your work. I say, I say, it's, uh, uh, it's tough, but somebody's got to do it. The team managed to escape with the the book that they had come there for, the Codicil of White. A couple of you left the island uh, changed for the better? Question mark. Mm. Looking at Tavini, all eyes turn to the the halfling in the room. Oh, Tavini. That's okay. Uh, you were welcomed back in Lonelywood, where, in the, the brief period after Aurel's defeat, people were celebrating the sun peeking up over the horizon. Now, the Frost Queen had gotten back on her uh, her rock and flown across the sky, repainting the aurora that keeps the sun at bay. But for a moment, for a moment, people were pleased. They had a couple of hours to be reminded of what had been stolen from them. Spent some time in Lonelywood and then gradually made your way down to the Dwarven Valley, laden with gold from a variety of treasures you had found and not yet sold on your adventures. After commissioning some work and getting into a, uh, a game of tug of war with a particularly infamous bovine. Oh, bastard! Bitch is gonna be mine someday. <laughs> you, I should you, call her a bitch. She's wonderful. She's wonderful. And you yeah, know what? Yeah, that was that was harsh. I'm sorry. 
you're gonna have to keep at it, but you better hurry up, because she'll probably die before you get there. Or I'll die before I get back. One of those two yeah, things. That's fair. <laughs> we are going across the tundra to do some stupid shit for a wizard that is obviously shady as fuck. But, hey, what could happen? Yeah. So you commissioned some magic works and sort of laid the plan for where you want to go next. Now, of your options, you could cut across land to Kaer Koenig, a sort of last bastion of civilization before the long trek northeast. Or you could take the, the tourist route, and that'll take you through Targos and through Bryn Shander and uh, maybe East Haven and Kaer Dineval. If you go that far, you could just go from Bryn Shander to Kaer Dineval. Up to you! So... In these last days here in the Dwarven Valley, what is the team doing? That's a very good question. If Tavini reconnects with the group before we leave, Dreamer will offer to take her to someone here in the Dwarven Hold. Um, Tavini? Yes? How are you feeling today? Always cold. I... I met with someone here in the hold, uh, a priest to Moradin, if you would like to go speak with them as well. And tell them that I gave up Moradin for her. That is a very quick way to never come back. You were under duress. That, um, I don't know if that really matters. The option is there. Should you want to take it? I, I, will, I, I will think about it. Okay. Dreamer would just go about Dreamer business. Perceiving time. <laughs> As has probably been the normal, uh, Tavini dashes away to... She dashes away to wherever it is she's been hiding. Helda has her own quarters here in the Dwarven Valley. And if that's where you've been staying, uh, you would find her maintaining her crossbow when you arrive. And looks up from a, a low table where she has a pot of oil and is brushing it over the wood to keep it shiny and healthy. Yeah, running away from something there, dear. Uh, a little. Dreamer thinks there may be a way for me to, to reconnect with Moradin. But what if he says no? She she takes that question and seems to chew on it for a bit. In silence, sort of continuing to work on her crossbow. Uh, she unfixes the string and you see the arms of it sort of snap out a little. Now that there's no longer tension holding them close together. And uh, while she is maintaining it, you could see that she's chewing on the inside of her cheek, like really giving the question some thought. You know, uh, the first time that my da ever uh, caught me looking at another lass, he was angry. And I don't think it's because I was looking at another lady. It's because she and I had already been sneaking around behind his back. And he was not so very pleased to be kept out of the loop. There was another time where I pissed off da. And that was when, when the, uh, the dwarves here first retreated, when it didn't seem that the sun was going to be coming up soon. 
that I uh, took it upon myself to start leading small patrols out. He nipped that in the bud after a couple of folks disappeared. You'd see them wander in the waste with lights shining from their faces. One of Earl's creatures. And I find that every time that my dad's been angry with me, that yeah, he raged. But we always made up. I don't know if... I don't know. I made stupid decisions. And I want to say it was because of that rock, but... It had to come from somewhere, didn't it? From me. I mean... If it did come from you, is it something you're proud of? No. Alright. No. We're, uh, we're all capable of things that we're not proud of. It's the, uh, the better nature in us. The, the times where we uh, say no to those little voices that make us better. So in this instance, you didn't say no. You're gonna say no the next time. <laughs> yes. Alright. Liar, you said yes. Tavini's <laughs> <laughs> just going to go over and, you know, hold Helda's hand. Which is all covered in, in grease from where she's been oiling this uh, this crossbow. But yeah, she does give you a squeeze back. Head, head butts you. And you know, truth be told, while I like my warm and cuddly Tavini, you know, it gets kind of hot down here sometimes having an ice pack. <laughs> At least there's one good thing, yes. I tease. Well, do you need someone to, to go with you lot when you head out to the glacier? It could be very dangerous. The look that she gives you is, like, part insulted and part like, mm, I mean, you have faced quite a lot. If something happened to you because of this... What could be a fool's errand? It would haunt me for the rest of my days. Now, I want you to consider my perspective for a bit. Go on in and flip that phrase around, and then and then tell me that it's a good fucking argument, because you should be staying too. Probably. You know, I've been thinking about that. If I... I'm connected to... You know... And good chance she could see and hear everything always like right now maybe she gets this look of mischief on her face yeah that's what I was thinking <laughs> and grabs you about the waist and pulls you in well you can tell oh. that bitch to go fuck herself <laughs> oh goodness well I can't leave a job half done and she pats your cheek, leaving like a, a smear of, you know, oil on it. Let me finish this crossbow and then, uh, you know, if you want to catch dinner or something before your lot heads out. And perhaps talk to your father if he will let you. I don't need his permission. <laughs> I'm, you know, <laughs> as I said, there are a number of times where I've made him angry and we always make up. These will definitely make him angry. And she nods eagerly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about testing boundaries, you know? 
There are many reasons why I like you so much. I don't know that I've got fingers and toes enough to count the reasons I like you. The oral thing, you know, it ticks off a couple that I didn't know. I don't like those ones, but... But... (laughs) Consider it like a temporary situation. I think, uh... Tavini will give uh, Helda a little kiss on the cheek. Alright. Fuck, you guys are cute. (laughs) They're adorable. All I thought was like, (laughs) man, what music am I going to use in this scene? Like, it's so good. What am I going to use? It's like, I don't know Tavini's theme that I have will work because it's kind of more of a triumphant theme. I gotta find something lovey-dovey. So, the two of you have your your time together. Uh, What about the rest of the party? It's been a couple of days. Yeah. I think Rian's been, uh, I think he keeps leaving the hold and just now that he can fly on Miri, him and her have just been taken to the skies and practicing just like training and getting used to what it's like to fly on her back and everything like that and and, uh i think he probably he had every intention of getting with tavini and getting some goggles made but i think it's like i mean that still may happen at some point to get some custom ones made but he probably just got some like welding goggles like and borrowed bought them off like a you know a crafter uh to, to take to the skies because you know he knows she's going through some shit and yeah, and at some point he plans to have a talk with her, but he knows she need she, she needed Helda, like she needed like time with someone that that she felt comfortable to just unload. Because obviously she didn't feel comfortable to unload it to us. She kept she was quiet and you know kept to herself, mm-hmm. and she felt whether she felt like uh you know she did something wrong or you know were upset at her, or disappointed in her. So addressing, uh, taking back a step or two, you going and getting goggles from a craftsman. Mm-hmm. When you walk into their shop and ask for a pair of welding goggles mm-hmm. and then tell the craftsman there what you need them for, which is yeah. going outside, there is unanimous like confusion and disgust at you. What? Oh, it's already dark enough. You're not going to see a damn thing. And you're given a uh, a pair of jeweler's goggles instead, which like then they kind of magnify everything, and it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> like, actually, that's I didn't really think about that. That makes a lot of sense. It is super dark outside, and if I was to wear welding goggles, I guess I never realized. I never saw Tavini's eyes behind them, but I guess I just didn't realize that they were like darker. Just something I didn't pay attention to really. Huh. Like, yeah, that must uh, be really hard to see at night. But uh, <laughs> as soon as you're handed the the jeweler's goggles and they're put on, there's just laughter all throughout the craft shop. Uh, <laughs> and anyone that looked at you would just see these huge, like, owlish. That's blunk, 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 blunk. Huge eyes. Oh, yeah. now bubbles. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, it looked like fucking bubbles from uh, Power Oh, at least girls. posted it at the exact right time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for the for the first day, you had this very uncomfortable experience flying with these. I don't but, know, uh, Mary. But after a bit of time, you know, the next time that you go to head out, a dwarf catches up with you and passes you a pair of actual, like, flight goggles. Oh, nice. Like, yeah. Oh, these look great. Yeah, they, uh, uh, the others were laughing about uh, 
you know, giving you a bit of shit in the jeweler's goggles he walked out with. Can I have those, by the way? You got them on you. Oh, yeah, they're right here. And he, like, he's probably, like, on his head, so he's like, takes them off, hands them back, takes the good ones. He's like, this is fantastic. I greatly appreciate this. You don't, you know, it's, it's uh, it gets super stingy up there. Yeah, it's like, I didn't think that would be a thing. As like, when you're flying, that it just dries out your eyes, which I should have because I'm a sailor. Used to do it then, too, but and you're not going, you know, a tenth speed. But anyways, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, and he, he, he seems at a bit of a loss for, for words. Uh, I don't know how you can do it. Uh, do what? Leave the ground and go. And he, he starts moving his hand up like he's indicating gaining altitude. Mm -hmm. And you can see his face goes green. <laughs> you know, I have to say the first time it was uh, about e equal amounts uh, terrifying as it was invigorating. But, you know, it kind of took me back to when I was a kid and climbing the masts on the ship. Just sitting there with the, the wind in your hair and looking out on the horizon. It just took me back to that moment. Mm. Now, a, a ship, they... I, I've never been to the, the ocean or, or even really one of the lakes, but they... And he kind of trails off, but he holds his hand up again. And this time it doesn't gain altitude, but it rocks back and forth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they uh, does it as a rocking, especially in a storm. That uh, even the, the most most seasoned sailor in the right storm loses lunch over the side. I'm gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be all right if you ever want to go sailing. I'll take you. What's uh, your name, kid? No, no, uh, Jerry. Jerry, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking gone. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna miss Gary. <laughs> but yeah, so on your on your flights, uh, you and Miri, in addition to seeing small patrols of dwarves, you know, keeping track of events on the north end of the valley, of the south end of the valley, traveling out towards Targos and Brinchander. In addition to these small patrols of dwarves, you also occasionally see small dark figures moving across the ice but you're able to make them out because there seem there seems to be light exuding from them directional light as they march through the snowdrifts hmm and these are usually lone figures out there um yeah i think renal kind of not stray from or anything but give a little uh like a close buzz just trying to get an idea who these random folks are out in the snow like lone figures that's that's odd to me and yeah i i think it worries him because the first thing that comes back to his head was those weird fucking that light we saw that one night where it was like the turned out to be that like undead thing on the back of that fucking polar bear uh that's kind of where his head goes when he first like sees these like lone lights marching through the snow yeah, I'm not even gonna make you roll a perception check for that then, because you have seen one of these before. Uh, oh. When you when you buzz the first one, mm -hmm. you see briefly a a hooded figure dressed in winter clothing, mm -hmm. stumbling through the snow, but from the midst of their hood exudes a brilliant white light. 
that sort of swings up towards you like a spotlight as you and Miri buzz past. And you can feel for a moment just how much colder it gets in this thing's presence before you have flown uh, past. It is that thing. Oh, fuck. There's more oh, of them out there, huh? Yeah. Now, oh, that you're, now that you're able to get some altitude, and especially with how flat everything is near the Dwarven Valley, you can make out every couple of miles... There seems to be one of these wandering through the snow. Some of them taller, some of them shorter. Always alone. And always sort of aimlessly wandering through the snow. Interesting. Chimney Christmas is almost like a... Like a... What is it? Like when they do like a search thing and they like break everybody out into like quadrants and stuff. That's terrifying. They're all over the place like that. So those things were no fucking joke. I mean, we're a couple levels higher now, but still yeah with that i think uh that's like uh Rand wasn't planning on doing a scouting mission but that's what this just became so now he's like oh i need to report this to somebody and uh comes on back to the the dwarven hold yeah when you uh when you get back and you relay news of this to some of the dwarves there uh, you find that those that are commonly going out on patrols or traveling mm -hmm. the roads know more about these than the dwarves who never leave. The name that gets passed around is the Cold Light Walkers. It's a cool name. Terrifying. Yeah, the stories that seem to surround them is uh, that they seem to be undead and the cold doesn't infect them. In fact, when they come, they bring more cold with them. I say we fought one back on the back of a giant frozen polar bear terrifying thing but yeah if they know what's up then he's just gonna but he's gonna pass it on to our people as far as like hey when we get out of here we need to keep our eyes open and you know we you know thread the needle as far as not messing with those things because we know how tough they are alrighty so is there anything else you folks want to do before you head out I think Tavini is going to approach Dreamer Okay. And his new Woody, uh, uh, the new Woody look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got a Woody. God, God damn Dang it! it. <laughs> <laughs> Should rock, I say he rock, has a Woody? Rocks fall. Rocks fall. Yeah. <laughs> You'll die. I, I'll do it. <laughs> no, I'll, very I've specifically on Rian. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it earthquake or is there really a, a rocks fall spell? No, I've got the. Uh... The fucking erupting earth spell. <laughs> Just aim up. Yeah, rocks fall. No, you you fall towards the rocks on the ceiling. Yeah, Davini will approach uh, Dreamer. I think Dreamer's just meandering. Uh, 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 Dreamer. Hello, Davini. You you said there was a priest. Would you like to speak with him? I'd like to try, but, but, I don't, if, be ready to put me to sleep, if, if, um, you know, if it is not easy. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Possessive does not begin to, um, describe one like that. Okay, let me take you to him. To, to be any nods and we'll follow after. 
All right. So I take it you are seeking out the uh, the Father Udrak that you had been told of before. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, as you had already made your, your interest in speaking with him known, uh, when you arrive at one of the, the temples to Moradin here, uh, you're asked to sit aside for a moment while uh, his his holiness, the uh, the Moradin Pope, <laughs> more is, pope. more pope. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Rian shows so up at the Clondor and pop pope hat. He's like, I am the pope, dragon pope. <laughs> you know that? Yeah, you know if you want to impersonate a pope at any point, you're in the wrong world for popes. But anyway, I'll, I'll be the first. Ah, uh, the first. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, after a, a brief time, rather than being led back anywhere, as you are sitting in this very, very large room dedicated to Moradin, with a statue of the Dwarf Father at the front of the room before an altar, you see a small door to the left of the Moradin statue's boot swing open, and out staggers the most ancient dwarf you have ever seen. To say that he is, like, old and bent would be an understatement. Talking deep lines in his face, as deep as the Dwarven Valley itself is a canyon. Eyes that seem sunken into his skull. Hardly has eyebrows anymore. They are just little tufts of gray and are the only hair upon his head. Uh, Much of his skin is covered in dark liver spots and, you know, they're kind of spotted on the back of his hands. And he, uh, comes approaching you, Tavinian Dreamer, where you're seated, with a couple of attendants in tow, one of which brings a, a padded stool, which, before Udrak sits down, they, they swiftly place it under him. So as soon as he goes to, to sit, he pretty much collapses onto a stool that wouldn't have been there a moment before. I think uh, the whole time that Tavini has been in, well, anywhere near any of these dwarves, Tavini has had her head down and her goggles on her face and her scarf pulled up to cover her head as much as she can. All right. Uh, so when all of this is happening, she's still not looking up because she doesn't want anyone to see even the faintest glow from her eyes. Noted. I think Dreamer the entire time just has a hand on her shoulder. When Udrak sits, he, uh, he plants the cane that he's walking with between his knees and clasps both his hands on the handle. Well, I was told there was somebody asking for me. Yeah, war-forged friend. Hello. And hello to you, young man. And who is your friend here? I think Dreamer looks down at Tavini and waits a moment for her to respond. If she does. No, she's, um... Dreamer has high enough perception to say that she's kind of shrunk inwards a little bit. Then Dreamer, seeing that, Dreamer will look up to the priest... This is my friend Tavini. Hello, Tavini. And what was your name? I'm Dreamer. Ah, oh, that is not a name that I've ever heard. How, how peculiar. 
And he's just sort of looking at you expectantly. I... We are not here for me. Oh, but you are the one doing the speaking at this time, and perhaps if you and I begin a conversation, our friend Tavini might join us. So, tell me a little of yourself, Dreamer. Well, I practice natural magics, and I met this group south of Icewind Dale. Before then, I was uh, thought out by some yetis. And before that, I don't know. Thought out by yetis? And I take it they didn't find uh, much here to eat. And he reaches out very slowly and kind of knocks your chassis with the, uh, the back of his knuckle. Yeah, I was mostly metal before I met Tavini. And our other friends. Oh, very curious. Now, less metal than you've been making yourself more wooden? Being covered in metal felt unnatural. This feels much better. I can sense a gentle soul in you, dreamer. And I admire that. At one time, I was comfortable in metal. I roamed on behalf of other dwarves slaying all manner of evil things. I much prefer in my dotage the gentleness of a nice silk robe. I imagine it's very soft. Yes, do you want to touch it? I touched you. It's got a woody. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like holding up his arm with his uh, sleeve of his robe dra- draping I think Dreamer just reaches out like a finger like the loose fabric yes very nice you get to be so old and respected they only give you the finest because they think you'll complain will you oh yeah I've deserved it <clears throat> And he gives you, like, a conspiratorial grin. And you can see that there's, like, <laughs> teeth missing in there. Dreamer, if your friend Tavini here is unwilling to speak, I-, I can't force her. The days of force are done. But in your own time, dear. If uh, today is not the day, then you can always come back. I might still be here. <laughs> I think Dreamer just gives her a gentle squeeze on the shoulder. I don't know if this is something you can help, so I am scared to ask. Maybe we just talk, and maybe you will come to an answer on your own. Yes, uh, your friend here is right. Talk is about all I'm good for these days. And he gives you this very warm, sort of fatherly smile. And at that moment, it's kind of easy to see why such a old dwarf, uh, you know, in that smile has been chosen to be the representative of the, uh, the father of dwarves. Allow me. Maybe I, I can at least break the ice a little. Do you like pie or cake? 
<laughs> I haven't really eaten either of them. <gasps> oh. Say it isn't so. Well then, why don't you join me for dinner and we'll have both. Hmm? Can the others come? No. Yes. Now this is just a conversation. You don't need to be worried about anything. Except, you know, maybe me choking. Please don't. Well, I've been thinking about... I've, I've, I've almost died a number of ways. I haven't yet tried that one. Not that I'm actively trying. <laughs> I was about to say, no, well, I have to keep this lot on their toes. You know, they treat me so delicately, I might as well give them some practice. And he thumps his cane on the, uh, on the floor. Okay, um, we should go get the others then. That would be nice. We'll get something started, right? I mean, this lot will get something started. I'll watch and talk. <laughs> Are we eating here, or...? Oh, and he isn't quite able to point all the way over his shoulder to the door he had come from. We have our own quarters here in the temple. You can join us there. One of my acolytes will let you in when you arrive. Uh, Alright, um, we should go get the others then. Um. And he, Tavini just eagerly hops up and starts to scooch away. Guys are having dinners with all the important people now. I guess so. <laughs> if no one's stopping Tavini, she is out of there. Yeah, it's not like, it's not like anyone body tackles you and is like, no, cast the demon out. Thorn whip. <laughs> Get back no, here. don't do that. You might break her neck. Maybe that's what she needs. <laughs> she needs to see her god. That's the problem. It's not the one that she wants to see. <laughs>